People paying money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. gentlemen welcome back to another edition of the 20 by 20 ring crew i am joe i'm here with my partner in crime matt what's up matt what's going on and back for another episode episode 17 this one is all about lucha underground season one in honor of season four just premiering actually two days ago two days ago yep check it out on the el rey network yes quite honestly i don't have the el rey network on my my television package but do you know right offhand is it on direct tv yeah you can get through direct tv i i'm pretty sure el rey is one of those uh channels that you can get on pretty much most service providers depending on your package I know with DirecTV, and I'm not trying to sound like a big shot here, um, <laughs> but it is on a higher package. So uh, I, I get like the second to top tier for DirecTV. But keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a haggler, so I, I don't pay a regular price. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I kind of came across it last year because uh, I've been watching it just through the, the YouTube through YouTube channel. I don't know. If, actually, I don't even think it was their own YouTube channel. I think it was somebody else. Uh, a fan basically putting it on YouTube for free. That's how I was keeping up with Lucha. I came across El Rey. For those who are not familiar with DirecTV, if you have a channel that you don't have access to, it's usually dark on your menu options. And it was highlighted this time. And I was like, oh, let me just check it out. And sure as shit, I had El Rey Network. <laughs> so there you go. It's, it's a pretty cool channel. It has all the good stuff too. But yeah. Anyways, the Lucha Underground, again, on El Rey Network. Do check your local listings for that. Uh, if you don't have El Rey Network, I, I, I will suggest checking out YouTube because generally the next day, which would be Thursday because it is it does air on Wednesday nights, usually you can find it. But that's not, I don't want to get anyone hopes up. That's not an official thing. But usually you can find it pretty easily on the internet if you don't get the channel. We're reviewing season one just to for those who haven't had a taste of Lucha Underground at all or very little. You can actually find the first three seasons on Netflix. Season three is on or now? Season three is on Netflix. It is to my understanding that whenever a new season premieres for most of their licensed TV show deals, yeah, you will get the whatever last whatever season last aired will be added like automatically. Okay, that's cool. So. uh, yeah, seasons one through three now available on Netflix. If you don't have a ne- Netflix subscription, guess what? You can see us. Oh, we'll we'll get you the hookup on Netflix. We're the Netflix game now. Twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash Netflix, and we'll tell you how to do it uh, on the cheap. So, so what you're saying is that they already have a subscription, cancel it, and get a new one? I mean, I don't tell people how to live their lives, but, you know, if you want to be like the boys and save some money, there is a way to do it. But, uh, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, again, seasons one through three on Netflix, and that's how I ended up catching up with Lucha Underground. I just didn't have the time to go through YouTube all the damn time. And, sure. I, you know, just life gets in the way, you know, kids, work, whatever. I started rewatching it. 
to do homework for this episode and it is just as awesome and beautiful as as I as I first watched. I, I can't speak enough about this. The Lucha Lucha Underground is really fucking awesome wrestling it's an awesome wrestling television show i love that they have uh, the, the vignettes for me are are hit or miss sure yeah um but it, keep in mind they are very brief so yeah. i mean you're not you're not getting yourself into anything long-winded on that on on any one episode because they uh, quite frankly they don't have the time nor nor do they care to to do that to you you're right yeah i i really don't have very many complaints about about this show other than that uh, I wish it were on longer I mean I was reading an article about season season four premiering and one of the producers of the show I, I forget his name his name escapes me but he was he was talking about how having time off in between seasons of of wrestling because it's a television show kind of has you know it does have its drawbacks but it does have its positives where uh, you know you you kind of have time to sit and you know let let things simmer you know like kind of digest everything and then eventually you get that appetite back and you want to see more because it is a quality product yeah so i'm i'm ecstatic uh, i can't wait i can't wait to sit and watch season four so before we go into season one there's a couple things i want to say first of all i'm glad that season three is on netflix because I didn't catch all of it, but there is an amazing tournament that's held throughout a good half of the second half of, of the, the season. If you're into, if you guys are into tournaments, um, which you should be, you should be. Yeah, it's one of the best, well put together tournaments that I've seen by any wrestling promotion in a long time. It was really well done. Lucha Underground, and this is this is for all wrestling fans, but especially those WWE fans, because the WWE fans they always tell me I like the storyline in WWE that's that's why that's the, that's a main draw for me and, and that's fine I have my opinions on their storylines or lack thereof that's fine if that's a draw for you Lucha Underground is the perfect place for you to go because they thrive off of their storytelling and, and as you said they, it can be extreme sometimes. Their vignettes can be a little bit over the top. It's very much the what are they called? Telenovelas or yeah, it is very telenovela-ish. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so you know the the Mexican soap operas, if yeah. you will. It can be a little like what what you know. It's a little weird at times. At at the same time, it's it's just it's just there to tell you a story. The, the you know just like anything else, there's gonna be things that you don't like, and there's things that you will like. But they do have a huge emphasis on storytelling, and they do it so well because, like as you said, you only get an hour. You get one hour a week, so it's no three hour show or two hour show. Or anything like that. It's one hour. You know, you got commercial breaks like everything else. So you have to you have to hurry up a little bit. But they at the same time, their pace and their storytelling is so well done. They don't get enough credit for that. And then to top it all off, it seems like every single match that they put on, it's whether they deliver or not is is you know it depends on the the viewer and how they feel about it. It's like every single match, it's almost like well, this has to be the best match every single time i i just remember the first time i watched it It was mid-season of of season one that i started watching lucha underground and i was just blown away by what i was seeing because you i've never seen on a weekly tv show these type of pay-per-view quality matches i mean guys and girls were just going all out all you know whether it was high flying 
or if it was technical wrestling, you know, the power wrestling, whatever it is, brawling. It was just full throttle from from beginning to end as far as the matches go. And that's what drew me to it. I, I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because these were pay-per-view quality matches that I was watching for free. And that just seems really, really odd uh, to, I mean, at that point, to, to see that, especially when at the time you had just WWE and TNA during their meh era. <laughs> and then Ring of Honor, of course, was in the midst of trying to find a weekly TV show as well. So Lucha Underground was that breath of fresh air. Season 1 premiered October 29th, 2014 and ran all the way through August 5th of 2015. It consists of 39 episodes, if you're counting. Uh, and besides the El Rey Network, it was actually on the Unimas channel in Spanish as well. So. Yeah, I think it still is. More than likely, yes. Yeah. You're not lying about these pay-per-view quality matches on weekly television. One thing they definitely do better than everyone else, I mean everyone else, is intergender matches. Yeah. Now, if you talk to someone like Jim Cornette, which I happen to love Jim Cornette, but he will tell you that when it comes to intergender matches, they should never happen. Because the moment you introduce the other gender, immediately you are taking away basically like the possibility of real long-lasting heat on heels or shine on baby faces. Because you're you're making, if you're doing it right and you're, you're making your your fight's believable, mm-hmm. the moment you throw a man against a woman, it becomes unbelievable in a bad way. Now, I kind of subscribe to that notion, okay, but then again, I don't. And the only reason I don't is because of watching Lucha Underground. Not to spoil it for anyone, but if, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, there is there's a bit of a storyline where Chavo Guerrero Jr., formerly of you know WCW, ECW, and, and the WWE, mm-hmm. ends up kind of getting in the mix against Sexy Star. If Folks, if you have not watched this, Sexy Star, no matter what match they're in, how many times they meet, she is full throttle against Chavo Guerrero. To make it that much more believable, Chavo Guerrero is full throttle against Sexy Star. You know, if there's a chair involved, guess what? She's getting hit in the head with the chair. Yeah. There's a power bomb involved. Guess what? She's getting power bomb. There is no like they don't play nice in the ring with her because she's a woman. They wrestle her because she's a wrestler, and that makes all the difference. Do do I do I particularly like watching the transgender stuff? No, not necessarily. But it is interesting as hell to see these women take these fucking bumps. I I, I can recall. I want to say it's probably uh, episode eight or nine in. Season one, where she does this the suicide dive off the top rope onto the the cement floor. Actually, she goes farther than the floor and she hits the stairs after she hits Chavo uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. And she, you know, she gets him. She she nails her target, but in the process, she basically fucking damn near cracks a rib on the guardrail of the stairs. You're just you're you're in awe because let's face it. I mean, especially if you're a WWE fan, you don't get to see shit like that all the time. At least not to that caliber. And I know you WWE fans are out there listening. And there's a few of you that listen to the show. Look, I'm telling you like it is. I wouldn't lie to you. I don't have that kind of time on my hands. All I'm saying is, if you haven't checked it out, either visit YouTube, get yourself some some Netflix, and check out Season 1. You won't be disappointed. Wait a minute. This isn't my world. Disappointed! 
So, <clears throat> as we as we talk season one, I gotta ask, like, what what's your standout? What would what would be your standout moment or wrestler or storyline? What was what's it for you? For me, coming up again, I didn't watch all of season one as it aired. I watched bits and pieces. I want to say I watched about seventy five percent of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and then doing homework for this this uh, episode, I, I am in the midst of uh, watching season one all over again. Definitely for me, it was Prince Puma. Not only was he one of the main characters of the season, but definitely one of the stands out for me because up until that point, my experiences with Prince Puma were very limited. For those of you who don't know, Prince Puma is also Ricochet, who is now in NXT, formerly of N- uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ring of Honor, various indies. Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yeah, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. But yeah, he, he was in Lucha Underground as Prince Puma. And he was one of their their main focus characters for season one. So for me, it was, it was Prince Puma. For me, it's actually a guy that he had a terrific, absolutely terrific Iron Man match against in season one. And we saw the the transformation of the guy who wrestled in WWE as John Morrison and, and Johnny Mundo. When when season one started, Johnny Mundo was your run-of-the-mill pretty boy babyface that had good matches but he had no personality. It wasn't up until the heel turn where we saw what we see today in, with Johnny Mundo or Johnny Impact or Johnny Ultra, whatever he's competing in. And we see this this new aggressive style where he really emphasizes the lucha libre technical wrestling and a little bit of hardcore wrestling all in one and it it started a huge and terrific rivalry with prince puma that culminated in an iron man match with prince puma two guys who had great chemistry in the ring i missed that that rivalry actually i missed prince puma or ricochet in in wrestling uh not sports entertainment yeah, that was that was my highlight because it was it was everything that I wanted to see out of Johnny Mundo in the sense of what you kind of got with the with the John Morrison character. Only now the the chains were taken off. Definitely, and the Iron Man match for those wanting to know actually happened in episode thirty two of season one. The episode's called All Night Long. It aired June seventeenth of twenty fifteen. Should we spoil it for everybody? I mean, eh, I, I think you think, think most th- people? three years is, is yeah. long enough. Prince Puma is the champion at the time. He defeats Johnny Mundo five falls to four falls in that Iron Man match for the Lucha Underground Championship. What did you think of that belt? Definitely different. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that one. It, it was cool to see, like, the story behind it. You know, you've got Senor Cuerto, the promoter, right. talk about how it was forged from the, the gold of the the original Aztec tribes and whatnot. I thought that was pretty cool for, for what it was. Yeah, it definitely it's definitely a different belt. Not my favorite by any means, but uh, interesting nonetheless. You're absolutely right about Johnny Mundo. For for yeah. me, it, 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 he didn't have that kind of an impact on me, no pun intended, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was abreast of him. I, I kept up to date with Johnny Mundo yeah. as he came back from, from injury in, in the WWE, WWF. So when he came back... Cause I really liked seeing him in, in that organization. As far as Prince Puma goes, Ricochet goes, 
for me that it wasn't the same thing. So I was pretty familiar with Johnny Johnny Mundo at the time. I mean, I'm not saying he's unimpressive. No, I know. I see. I hear you saying. I think for me, he's one of those guys that actually was able to have really good, high impact matches in WWE. You know, keep in mind for, for those who don't know what I'm what I'm talking about. WWE puts a huge ceiling on what you can and cannot do inside that ring, and it shows when you have your matches because your quality of matches potentially go down. And when a guy like like John Morrison, as his name was in WWE, it definitely didn't help the fact that, you know, you can't do moves X, Y, and Z. You know, you can talk about safety and all and, and everything. That's understandable. That argument is okay. But you also have to at some point put trust into your talent. You know, like and I'm not I don't want to go on any huge tangent here, but you know, the reason why we can't do power drivers because people get hurt, but people do power drivers all over the world, and they're not getting hurt. <laughs> and they're not getting hurt. So when I saw John Morrison outside of WWE for the first time, uh, you know, because I didn't really follow his indie career at that point. I was not that I wasn't into indie wrestling by any means. I was, but I just wasn't following him necessarily. And so when I saw him, I was like, okay, this is cool. He's able to do, th- you know, the things that he's physically capable of doing without the, the WWE brasses telling him you can't do this and you can't do that. And then the heel turn happened and you you saw everything that he was able to do, but now turned up many notches. <laughs> and it was... That was what I mean by the breath of fresh air. I, I I totally understand what you're saying. He was always impressive, even even though I felt that his babyface run wasn't as good. But it was, like I said, it was just the fact that it was like, okay, he's finally able to essentially fly, spread his wings completely and say, this is what I can do. And then you give him Prince Puma, a.k.a. Ricochet, who was never had that that, that that glass ceiling because he wasn't in WWE at that time, but he he had uh, he had a lot of proving to do because here's a guy that was PWG a lot of PWG, and if you're not familiar with PWG, you're probably because you're you're not from California and they're really hard to define their product. Unfortunately, I wish it was easier because I love their 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 shows. They're, they're, they put on a great product, but here you now you're on a you know you're on a bigger stage. You're on national television, and you have this great platform to showcase your stuff. And it was the right place, right time for both of those guys. And I think they really helped mold each other to that next level as far as superstar is concerned. Absolutely, I agree with everything you just said. It's it's weird because for me, Prince Puma wasn't the only one that that was a standout for me. You know, I agree with you with Johnny Mundo, but also I got to experience a lot of Pentagon Junior. Yeah, um, much more than I was already, and I I am a huge fan of Pentagon Jr. These days you can you can actually catch him doing a lot of a lot of other stuff. Uh, he's in PCW Ultra as Pentagon 0M, uh, which I, I guess that's the moniker he most uses these days, which is uh, zero miedo, no fear. Pentagon no fear for for those who don't know much Spanish, but absolutely awesome performer, scary looking motherfucker. He is. <laughs> He is. <laughs> I I, uh, I was listening to not to go too off topic, but uh, I was listening to an excerpt from uh, what is that? Busted Busted Open Radio with Bubba Ray Dudley. Okay, that's his his radio show, not a podcast. You'll you'll piss him off if you call it a podcast because it's a 
It's a national radio show. Oh. Okay. But anyway, he had <laughs> he had Sammy Callahan on there, and Sammy Callahan is doing great heel things and kind of picked a fight with Bubba Ray or Bully Ray, whatever you want to call him these days. And in the midst of all that, you know, he was, Sammy Callahan was calling out people's names. And this was right before the PCW Ultra When Opposites Attack show. I believe it was that morning, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And uh, Sammy Callahan on, would Sammy Callahan would go on to say that he feels Pentagon Zero M has everyone fooled that he is this undead Mexican zombie, but Sammy Callahan knows better. I, I agree. I agree with Sammy Callahan. I, I think a lot of people have just bought into that gimmick so much, myself included. I am absolutely in love with him and his ring work. He is he is a, a definitely an indie worker, highly in demand these days. And you can you can see a lot of what I'm talking about here in Lucha Underground season one. That was kind of the the introduction for me. Most of the most of the guys and girls here were introduced were, were introductions for me as far for the first as time. first time. Yeah. So many so many great indie wrestlers that are that we watch today at some point have have been on lucha underground it seems like that's that's and again it's it's national tv but pentagon jr had such a great great run especially in that first season i he was if you had to put if i had to put best wrestler from season one that's him hands down another guy that stood out to me too was it was the reintroduction of how great he could be as far as both an entering talent as a powerhouse and then as a character and that was uh, Mil Martes. On September 19th, 1985, an 8.1 magnitude earthquake shocked Mexico City. Thousands of lives lost that day, including Mill's entire family. Mill was buried alive in the rubble. A seven-year-old child alone in the darkness for days, thinking death was coming. But he didn't feel fear. He felt comfort. Being at the brink of death is where he belonged. And when he finally emerged, he brought all that death with him. Because the coldness and death were where he found warmth where he found strength. Before the earthquake, his name was Pascual Mendoza, but after rising from the ruins, he became Mia Mortes. A thousand deaths are coming. <laughs> and and that's one of those one of those gimmicks too that is really hard to pull out because I mean you're you're literally talking about somebody who's dead here. <laughs> yes. You, you know. And I and I know WWE fans, you know, you you can do it because most of you guys are probably Undertaker fans, but it's still it's it's always intriguing how you pull off an undead character and they they did it in this in this season. And then the level of matches he was putting on too. I remember watching him when he was in TNA, and a little bit when I when I would try to catch AAA wrestling down in Mexico. At the time, it wasn't easy to get to. Thankfully, they their product's a lot easier to, to catch now. You know, I was like, thought he was good, but 
nothing really ever stood out for me. Uh, I know in TNA they did the same type of, of storyline, Undead, but he had he had a manager. I forget his name now. Yeah, I don't recall the name of the I, guy. I forget the name of the guy. He was like the devil type character. It, it, it just didn't really work for me. When I when I saw that they were doing it again in Lucha Underground initially, I just was like, nah, no thank you. <laughs> and, but it worked. It, whatever they did, whatever their formula was, it was like... Okay, I'm 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 on board for this one, and again the level of matches were just crazy good. Yeah, uh, pairing him with her name in Lucha Underground is Katrina. Mm-hmm. She was Maxine in the WWE. That's, that's right. Yeah, she um, was one of the NXT and the the women version of NXT during when it was a reality show. Yeah, that was back before they were actually NXT. They were it was uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was Maxine. I, I want to say her real name is uh, Kaylee or Carly, something. Wow, give me that fucking thing. Yeah, what the hell do you think you're doing? Give me my book. I'm sick of fucking hearing it, Joe. I'll give it back to you when we leave. What do you mean when we leave? Give me it back now. For the past fifteen minutes now, you've been droning on about names. Toby, Toby, Toby. Toby Wong, Toby Wong, Toby Wong, Toby Chung, fucking Charlie Chan. We've got Madonna's big dick coming out of my left ear, and Toby the Jet, I don't know what, coming out of my right. Give me that book. Are you going to put it away? I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want with it. Yeah, pairing her with uh, Mil Muertes, that was, that was pretty interesting. She comes out and she does like this, uh, <laughs> I think they a lot of the time they refer to it as the the lick of death (laughs) yeah carly perez there you go carly perez is her real name she she's katrina uh here in lucha underground beautiful girl pairs up with this big hulking fucking dead man in mil muertes and proceeds to run havoc on the entire fucking roster for the most part i don't think he had i don't think he lost until like episode nine yeah, I don't think so either. Somewhere around there, I want to say eight or nine was his first loss. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It is hard to pull pull off any kind of undead persona, and and again, you know, not everybody's fucking the Undertaker. So they they accomplished it here with with Mil Muertes. One guy I had a problem with here in season one was Big Rick. I think a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, Big Rick debuts at the end of episode one, and he debuts with two other guys in Cortez Castro and Mr. Cisco. And you know what? Out of those three guys, Big Rick is just the... I don't want to call him a fumble fuck, because he's got some ring sense to him, but you could tell he's he's green at what he does. I don't, I don't know. I still don't know. If he was ever an, an established indie wrestler before Lucha Underground Season 1 or not, uh, I never bothered to look up the information. <laughs> uh, he's not that important to me, but in that ring, I mean, there's just, there's some things you you, you, you know, you know he's green. There, <laughs> there's a match, it was like episode, I think episode 8 maybe. He's in the ring with Mascarita Sagrada, who's the, the midget. Yes. Uh, the midget version of uh, Mascara Sagrada and they, you know it there it's it's all it's all fun and games and you know he's he's working a pretty decent match with the midget or the little person whatever you want to call him and 
out of nowhere, he fucking pulls this, like, Stan Hansen lariat from fucking hell on this little person. And literally, like, plants him in the fucking mat. <laughs> I for sure thought he was fucking dead. And you're just like, holy shit, like, what are you doing? You can't do shit like that. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was awesome to see, but at the same time, you're like, is he fucking dead? He's got to be dead. I guess if I could say anything about the Big Rick character, is that it introduced the Mac to to Lucha Underground. I've watched uh, Willie Mac, or the Mac, we want to call him, during his time in... Uh, championship wrestling from hollywood i think he still frequents there too and i was like okay there's there's a there's a legit talent and i mean he's he's currently the uh, house of hardcore champ the twitch television champion it was it was it's cool to see him evolve to what he's become uh not that he had the, the greatest season one per se but i guess again if we could say anything about about rick is the introduction of of the mac that's that's the only positive. Yeah, that's the only positive. Say. There's 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 comic relief in in that character, but it's unnecessary. I just I don't know. I'm kind of confused here. You have like I said, you have Big Rick, Cortez Castro, and Mr. Cisco all debut in the same faction, the yeah. same episode, the same night. The like Big again, Big Rick is just green. He's fucking green. And the other two guys, you know, I, I'm also still not very familiar with. You know, obviously they're not fucking world class athletes there, but uh right. they get the job done. They get the job done in that ring. I mean it's it's much better than what Big Rick's doing <laughs> for damn sure. <laughs> uh, another guy who who we got to see kind of blossom is Phoenix, who also goes by Ray Phoenix right. from PWG. And watching him here in Lutz Underground again you get to see young guys like that just kind of do do what they do best and that's really refreshing especially if you you watch stuff like the WWE all the time for those of you who have a problem with 205 live like myself yeah stop what you're doing don't waste your time watching 205 live just go watch a fucking episode of Lucha Underground. Get your Netflix subscription then. <laughs> uh, you know, he was Phoenix was the guy that knocked off Mil Muertes. Yes. That was that was the fluke rage or the fluke win and that sent this Mil Muertes into uh, a rage if you will. And a, <laughs> and just a, a great storyline that led to I forget the name of the match that they had, but it doesn't matter the, the name of the match. But it was just absolutely brutal, brutal <laughs> match. Ray, Ray Phoenix, or just Phoenix here, he's not a big dude. Moon no, Worth, Moon Worth is huge. <laughs> yeah, he's like Scott Steiner huge. Scott Steiner much. huge, yeah. And those guys have such great chemistry together. And Lucha Underground, I, especially to the American audience, was the introduction to to Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix, you can see in a bunch of different any promotions. He's also all in. I can't wait. Coming up September, coming up here soon. Um, but yeah, man, like that. Phoenix was definitely definitely something uh, like one of the best introductions besides you know Pentagon Junior uh, for season one. What's your take on the announced team? You know what I wanted to ask you this too. Uh, the announced team for the most part is Matt Stryker and Vampiro. Yes, and <laughs> I loved Vampiro when he was a wrestler. And so did I. Um, I thought he was underrated and definitely misused in WCW. That was a bad, bad time. It, it bad was. Era for him. It definitely was. That Sting rivalry could have been so much more. Oh too. my God! Like, you know what? That is one thing you and I need to go and just 
fantasy book one of these days and, and do it upright because you're absolutely right not to get too off topic but yes that rivalry completely fucking just went to shit yeah and it shouldn't have they fucking huge missed opportunity right guys the, wrong place exactly absolutely but uh, Vampiro, Vampiro, entertaining and pretty quick-witted, very thorough. He, you know, he bounces back from Spanish and English as needed. Mm. Matt Stryker, for me, Matt Stryker was kind of like the dark horse in this. I didn't know exactly how he was gonna do because uh, when Lucha Underground season one started, the only other experience I had with Matt Stryker that I could remember right off the top of my head was him on the Macho Man DVD. Okay. He was one of the hosts. He was one of the hosts of that Macho Man DVD that uh, the WWE put out. He wasn't all that great on there. I mean, he just kind of... It was like, he he was there, he did, he did what he did, but it wasn't great. So, I had mixed feelings about Matt Stryker. But the more you... Well, the more I listened and the more I watched season one he grew on me and the chemistry he shares with Vamp- vampiro it, it works it works for me he definitely i think he, i think he grew a lot in that first season and he he definitely grew into the role and and uh, it, it works it definitely works i think that's the season one version of matt striker was a coming of age i, I wholeheartedly agree you know i go back to matt striker uh in wwe and he was a guy that had a lot of information, but it was almost like, and I don't mean to make fun for anyone that has this, but almost like he had Asperger's, where he just socially awkward. He didn't know how to talk to people, especially a microphone. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. he had, but he had a lot of knowledge. He was very, very intelligent. More importantly, he was a fan of professional wrestling, a huge fan. And I found it, I, I, I find it interesting how. In the course of a season, he was able to go from that socially awkward commentator to almost like he's more comfortable, you know, as, as the season progresses, where he, it's not just a bunch of random facts that kind of has something to do with the match. He's very good at telling the story. So if you're brand new, let's say you jump into episode 10, Matt Stryker would tell you the story so you can catch up while you're watching the match. And I think that's really cool that he's able to do that because certainly especially when you are a smaller company and you don't have you know the the backing of you know let's say WWE has it's great to have somebody that says hey if you just tune into our product for the first time let me catch you up real quick while you watch seems kind of like a fucking lost art in in wrestle, wrestling announcing these days and especially with the wwe you don't really get too much of that i sound like i'm pissing on them all the time but like well, this is an easy target <laughs> it's a big target it's a big fucking toilet down there you know or up there whatever new york stanford Spe- connecticut speaking of lucha we are watching the late great eddie guerrero take on the insane luchador super crazy in an old ring of honor uh event not just the old this is the first this is the first this is the very uh, first do, ring of honor do you happen to know the date on this one Okay, I don't have my laptop still updating here, but okay. it's June of 2002. I don't know the the day, but June of 2002. So we're watching Ring of Honor's first first ever show, and again, uh, the late great Eddie Guerrero taking on Super Crazy, and this is this is just phenomenal to watch. I miss Eddie. 
I, so do I. Uh, shit, I miss fucking uh, Super Crazy. I miss too. Super Crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> Super Crazy uh, follows us on Twitter. Shout out to Super Crazy. But uh, if you know what, not to sound like I'm trying to sell you something, but I am going to try to sell you something. Twenty x slash podcast slash Honor Club. It's worth it. Even it, if even if you're doing the the per month thing, and you yeah. don't you don't do the whole year. You get access to all this, all these old cards. They just added. What was it? Their first entire year. They they are adding that soon, very soon. Okay. Uh, within within I say the next couple of weeks, you should have the entire first year, inaugural year, two thousand two. I'm assuming that's going to go from two thousand two to two thousand to June two thousand three. I'm Three. assuming it's, it's going to be one of those things. Something like seventeen shows. Keep in mind, this is still early stages where they are as independent as they come, and so they're not doing shows as frequent as they are now. But It was so weird. We were watching this uh, before we started recording this episode, and it was just weird to see the Briscoe brothers so fucking young. Oh, we're in wrestling. Like, yeah, actually. Jay Briscoe in a, in a singlet. <laughs> and, yeah. and Mark Briscoe, if I'm not mistaken... I think he was like 17 at the time, so, so he, he was. Yeah, he couldn't wrestle. He couldn't wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting, man. What a treat for that for that crowd. That was this small gymnasium in Philly, you get to see. And this is no disrespect, super crazy. Uh, thank you again for following us on Twitter. But to see Eddie Guerrero, you know, I mean, that's for so many guys. That's he's he's like. He's one of those guys that that so many people broke into the industry because of Eddie, you know, because of Eddie Guerrero. So it's it's so cool, and I, you know, every time I, I watch an Eddie Guerrero match, there's a part of me that gets not that I'm like breaking down in tears, but I, it, it gets emotional because he was one of those guys for me. Even even when the wrestling was not as good, he was the guy that kept me around because I always wanted to know what Eddie Guerrero was doing. Man, I I I so miss Eddie. I, I can't believe it's been 13 years. Already? Already. Damn. You know, I, it sucks. It sucks. And, you know, but, yeah, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Honor Club. I highly recommend Honor Club. If you, again, if you don't want to do the monthly or sort of the yearly subscription, yearly subscription gets you all the pay-per-views included. If you don't want to do that, that's perfectly fine. You still get access to everything else. And you get a discount on pay-per-view, so you don't ever have to pay full price ever again. Awesome. Uh, we're going to come full circle here. And speaking of Guerreros, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Lucha Underground Season 1, about as heel as they come. Yeah. <laughs> a majority of the storyline, especially uh, through Matt Stryker's voice, will tell you, in so many words, Chavo's just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's funny because you'll you'll see him uh, you know he turns on sexy star and uh, he, he turns on I think it was Pentagon Junior where he yeah they were they yes. were kind of together for a second and then mm-hmm. they go they get into that 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 ten man match or a ten person match and <laughs> right away the moment the the very first moment he has an opportunity to either help or hinder Pentagon Junior what does he do he whaps him in the head with a chair. And eliminates him. So it it was cool. It was cool to see Chavo Guerrero Jr. kind of take that. Hey, I'm done being traditional lucha, and I'm doing this for my family. I, you know, I want I want to be the new premier Guerrero and carry on the Guerrero name the way I want to carry it on. Which uh, it it worked for for him being a heel and everything. I really enjoyed Chavo Guerrero, and I didn't think I was going to when when the season first started. Yeah, I agree. This was again we talked about this with with uh, Johnny Mundo a little bit. 
This was Chavo Guerrero's Lucha Underground, I should say, is Chavo Guerrero's swan song. This is this is this is definitely going to be the the final wrestling point for his professional wrestling career. It shows because he's leaving everything on the table, everything that he wants to do. And keep in mind, here's a guy that was willing to do everything and anything and everything for WWE, and they just they made him a joke. And that's fine, whatever. Again, now that the chains are off and you get to do whatever you want to do, he's put he's he's doing two things. He's he's getting his name out there in the way that he wants to do it, as you said. But he's also doing the thing that every good seasoned veteran should do by by doing what he's doing by, by doing what he did to sexy star and pentagon jr that's getting them over as well that's I, such a great business mind right there chavo guerrero such an underrated wrestler and, and and it's not oh because now now you know in lucha underground but it's always been this way with him but now he's able to actually do it there is no powers of beat it says hey no we're gonna dye your hair and you're gonna be a, a guy that hates Mexicans because <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, I th- it was he's such a smart guy and it was able to actually do something with his wrestling intelligence finally. Speaking of doing what whatever you want to do, I'm going to throw a name out here. I definitely want to hear your opinion on on this one. <laughs> you ready? Let's hear it. Pimpinella Escarlata. <laughs> I, I gotta say, this 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 wrestler debuted in season one of Lucha Underground. It it is the age old gimmick of man dressed up as exotic woman and uh, as a wrestler. And Pimpinella is, you know, come comes to the ring, you know, wig and hosiery and the whole nine and wrestles that way. Um, I know a lot of people these days probably are like why the fuck are you even talking about this stupid ass character but this is kind of one of those gimmicks that just doesn't go away through professional wrestling no you know it started off with gorgeous george yep and you know it morphs into different things uh depending on the era but that this gimmick is always around somehow some way and sometimes it works out really well and sometimes it's fucking horrible pimpinella for me i had i had a lot of fun with the character <laughs> you can't it's you, definitely yeah it was definitely a, a different different breath as far as everything that was going on uh so i it didn't do a whole lot for me personally <laughs> but yeah it, it was it wasn't it's not as bad as some people might be thinking right now oh and, yeah and, yeah and i want to say this too if, if you think that it's not he doesn't dress up as a woman but it's that same flamboyant mentality. I mean, Very flamboyant. What is Velveteen Dream then? Well, that's you and know? that's my so, point. Yeah. Like it can be, it can be done either really well mm-hmm. or it can be done really bad. Like when you have who was that? Or Orlando Jones? Orlando Jordan. Yeah. Or Jordan. Orlando Jordan in the back in the WWF or WWE, and then his his run in TNA just bad. You know, just horrible approach to the gimmick, and then he had to go and make it worse by like legitimately creeping people out so what that's 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 you don't you don't do like you you just don't do it that way yeah and i don't want to go too much of a tangent on Lando jordan but that it was was really stupid because he just all he did was come out as bisexual and it was like oh you must be very flamboyant like (laughs) because every bisexual homosexual person is running around with a rainbow attached to their ass i mean (laughs) 
that it was just, it was so ridiculous. But yeah, that's no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I gotta take a time out here. We get to see Brian Danielson versus uh, versus Loki. This is uh, this is the first time I ever got, I've ever seen this match. So. Oh, are you shitting me? Um, no, I'm not. You know what? We're gonna take a break and we're gonna go pay some bills and, and watch some goddamn Honor Club. Twenty X Twenty Crew dot com slash podcast slash Honor Club. Go get your subscription and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Fight TV. Go ahead and download the app and support the show. Every time you download the app from us, we're gonna give you ten dollars of credit to make your first purchase on the Fight TV app. Get access to all kinds of independent wrestling. Ring of Honor, Evolve, and many, many other feds only pay for the shows that you want to see. So go ahead and download the Fight TV app from us over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight, F-I-T-E. We are back from taking a break, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hanging in there with us. Uh, again, you are listening to episode 17, our Lucha Underground Season 1 review in celebration of Season 4, Lucha Underground Season 4 premiering two days ago on the El Rey Network. They're showing episodes every Wednesday night. Yeah, every Wednesday night. And again, Seasons 1 through 3 are available for your viewing pleasure on Netflix. Uh, you can get a Netflix account through us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Netflix. What else does it say about season one that we haven't already touched on? I really like the way they spread out gimmick matches. Yes. And, and the way they introduce t- new talent, you know, that's just, there's no, there's, again, there's like no, nothing long-winded about the way they do things. And it's, it's refreshing. It's, it's kind of like what WWE should be. Yeah. You know, you don't, you know, you've got, you've got a little couple minute vignette of whoever's going to come in next. And, you know, you hear the announcers talk about them for a little while and then that's it on with the show. And then, you know, later, you know, whether they're there the week after or the week after that, they show up and boom, guess what? They're wrestling right away. You know, there's no, there's no extra promos. There's nothing like that. It's, it's great. It's, it's, it's got that like, let's get down to business feeling, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I love about it. And, And again, like they do have their gimmick matches, but they're, they're not overused. You know, they're obviously not watered down. And it's it's just great. It's it's a it's an awesome fucking wrestling show to watch. And I really hope you haven't watched it so far that you do so. Yeah, you know what? Here's the the scary thing. Season one of Lucha Underground, as far as the the three seasons that are out there now, again, season four is only one episode in. Season three is is I think without without a doubt is the worst out of the three. And that's saying something, because <laughs> it's it, it is it's a really good season all, all through and through. Again, good storytelling, great in ring wrestling. Again, pay per view quality matches from beginning to end. And then on top of that, you have introduction to reintroduction to guys that you've seen before. 
uh, in WWE and, and, and etc. And an introduction to guys that were just in the indie promotions or were down in Mexico. It's one of those things where it's it's the best of, of all worlds. And they capture that in, how many you say, 39? 39 episodes in season one. They capture that in 39 hours. Yeah. And that's really hard to do in, in, as far as a wrestling product is concerned. So hats off to them. We, we at the, the 20 by 20 crew, again, hashtag support professional wrestling, as you, as you might remember from episode 16, we're all about promoting other wrestling organizations that you might not have heard of. You know, of course, everyone's heard of WWE. Most people have heard of Ring of Honor. Most people have heard of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Awesome. Lucha Underground is one of those that should be a future household name. And Season 4 was one of those things that almost didn't happen, actually, unfortunately. But they were able to get the backing they needed, and here it is. And they have the fan base. It still needs to grow, but they have a fan base. And it all started with with that little engine that could on the LRA network that kind of just came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere, and it went full throttle, and they have never taken their foot off the gas since. And that's what I love about Lucha Underground. Well said. And on that note, we're going to end this episode. We hope you tune in to the LRA network again Wednesday nights. And check out Lucha Underground. Season 4 is, again, premiering right two days ago it premiered. And uh, you can catch it every Wednesday night. You can catch seasons 1 through 3 on Netflix. Again, if you don't have a subscription, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Netflix. And uh, actually on the episode page for this episode, you can actually download Season 1 from us via iTunes. So if you don't have it and you want it digitally... We'll hook you up. All 39 episodes. Uh, there's even, even links to a few uh, key episodes. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Come check us out. 20x20crew.com is our home base on the interwebs. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew. Facebook Facebook groups. You can, you can do Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk if you want to come holler at us. We're on Twitter. You can hate tweet us at 20x20crew. Also on Instagram, at 20x20crew. There's, there's plenty of ways to, to come find us and, and give us some shit. Give us some shit. Also, check out YouTube. YouTube, our debut episode of the following contest. The following contest. Man, I, that is so much fun to do. I swear to God. And there's so much more to come, man. Uh, I, I, I think there's going to be some Lucha, Lucha guys Lucha Underground guys that are going to be talked about very soon. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure, yeah. So, uh, check us out on the following contest. YouTube exclusive. YouTube exclusive. Also, too, if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your teachers. Tell your boss. Tell whoever. Tell complete strangers. Yeah. You know, we're... we're Go talk to strangers. (laughs) <laughs> We're trying to reach 50, just 50 subscribers here. And as soon as we do that, we got a special giveaway as well as other special things that we are going to be doing here for you guys because this podcast is a wrestling podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So give back to the wrestling community is what we're all about. And until next week, we will, we will see, see you in the, the ring. ring. 
Hello everybody, I'm Matt Stryker here in Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, inside the temple. It has been my honor and privilege to commentate for the hottest, freshest, coolest new show on television, Lucha Underground. For the uninitiated, this is everything you need to know about the world of Lucha Underground. For the returning believers, welcome back. Let's refresh your memory of the epic first year of Lucha Underground. Our story begins with this man. Darío Puerto! Lucha Underground's owner and promoter. While we don't know much about him, what we do know is that he's a wealthy promoter from Spain that opened the doors to the Lucha Temple here in Boyle Heights and invited the best fighters in the world to compete for honor and glory. This is a temple! My temple, where we honor ancient traditions like courage, honor, and my personal favorite, violence. Let's not forget my partner in crime, the living, breathing lucha legend, Vampiro. I am Vampiro. This has been a man who has been an integral part of the history of Lucha Libre wrestling and is making his own history right here in our temple. But more on that to come. Let's dive right in. We kicked off our first year by setting a high bar. Our first main event, Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma. Prince Puma is a direct descendant from one of the seven Aztec tribes. From everything we saw out of this fighter last year, Lucha Libre is in this warrior's blood. As for Mundo, he's a superstar in his own right. All he's been known by a few other names. Here in the temple, he has embraced the Lucha Libre traditions and transformed himself into the one and only Johnny Mundo. Mundo and Puma teamed up against Cueto's enforcers, The Crew. They work for me! But nothing tears apart a friendship quicker than money. You owe that money to Puma. And the two trade punches back and forth. Okay! I'm gonna hang up this money from the rafters of my roof because we're having a ladder match! Lucha Underground's first ladder match was absolutely incredible. Johnny Mundo won the $100,000 prize, but Prince Puma ended up with Aztec gold and became Lucha Underground's first champion after he bested Johnny Mundo and Mil Muertes in Dario Cueto's personal event. Aztec warfare! We start with two men. Every 90 seconds, another luchador enters. Although Mundo celebrated with Puma, Johnny's ego would get the best of him, and Mundo became desperate to prove that he was the best. Mundo was given the opportunity to fight Alberto El Patron to be the number one contender, but Johnny miscalculated Patron's ability and lost out on that opportunity, and the loss ate at Johnny Mundo. Thus, Johnny did the only thing he could, prevent Patron from getting the glory that always seemed just out of reach. This was all happening while Prince Puma was defending his championship. Time and time again. Meanwhile, the dark and mysterious Mil Muertes continued to grow in strength and depravity. The once dead, now stronger than ever, man of a thousand deaths, our current Lucha Underground Champion. And behind this great man, a great woman. The seductive Katrina and the mysterious stone she uses to control Mil and her disciples of death. The mere sight of Mil Muertes and his allies strikes fear through countless luchadors, except for one. From Mexico City, Mexico, Phoenix. 
In a truly epic casket match, Phoenix vanquished this man of a thousand deaths and quickly set his sights on the then Lucha Underground champion, Prince Puma. However, one man stood in his way, if you could call him a man at all. Drago, from Inframundo, the underworld, the man with the soul of a dragon. After losing to Prince Puma for the Lucha Underground Championship, Drago was banished from the temple. We will meet again. But won the opportunity to come back and fight Mil Muertes to be the number one contender. But Neil and Katrina were not about to let Drago take a shot at the Lucha Underground Championship away from their cold, dark hands. Dario. Not satisfied with only having one championship for his luchadors to fight over, created two more. The Gift of the Gods pitted the entire temple against each other. Earning one of these medallions will give you immortality. While the Lucha Underground Trios Championship forced some of the teams to work together for Dario's own amusement. Enter the world's most unlikely and dysfunctional Trios team. From the open road, Son of Havoc the self-proclaimed baddest bitch in the building, Ivelisse. And all the way from South Africa, the breathtaking, awe-inspiring Angelico. Against all odds, with an injured Ivelisse and some truly dirty tricks from Dario Cueto, these three managed to capture Trio's gold. All of the darkness, destruction, and violence in the temple began to take its toll on my friend Ian and he was finally confronted with a choice. Stand by or take action. Ladies and gentlemen, Pentagon Jr. Pentagon came to us from Mexico and quickly made a name for himself by threatening to make sacrifices for an unknown master. He conseguido un sacrificio más para ti, mi amo. These sacrifices came in the form of broken arms of countless victims. This violence slowly took its toll on Ian until Pentagon crossed the line. He attacked our announcer, Melissa Santos, and Ian decided he had had enough. But before he could act, Sexy Star swept in, putting herself in danger of a broken arm. Ian could no longer sit idly by. This man chose action. Pentagon retaliated and antagonized until the threats turned deadly. Pentagon Jr., he's pushing and pushing me to do one more match. Ian Hodgkinson is not the guy who you're gonna face because the guy who is gonna kick your ass is Vampiro! And Ian became Vampiro once again. The divine winds blew, the stars were aligned, the warriors were ready for Dario Cueto's most brilliant and violent concept yet, Ultima Lucha. Johnny used dirty tricks to beat Patron with the help of an old friend. Vampiro pulled out all the stops against Pentagon Jr. and then revealed that he was Pentagon's master all along. You are ready, my son. I haven't seen him since. The mental and physical toll was enough to put any man away. I certainly hope my friend is okay. Phoenix rose from the ashes to claim the Gift of the Gods championship over powerful competitors such as Sexy Star, Jack Evans, and King Cuerno. 
Mio Muertes destroyed Prince Puma to capture the Lucha Underground Championship. And the Disciples of Death took advantage of their 3-2 handicap to steal the Lucha Underground Trios Championship. Death has come over the temple. Many fled the temple, including Dario Cueto and whatever dark secrets he hold. And so, we begin our second chapter in the epic struggle of honor, violence, and glory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lucha Underground.